And welcome to episode 43 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we're breaking down last night's Thursday night football game, and we're going to try to find out what is going on with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Then I'm giving you my week two NFL picks. I'm going to throw out some locks for week two in the NFL, and then we're going to be talking Sam Darnold, the New York Jets, some college football picks, topics on topics, takes on takes here on episode 43 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you get your podcast these days, and then like and comment on YouTube. I want all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comment section. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. But we've got a lot to get into, so let's get it. And we're going to start things off in Carolina where the Buccaneers, they go into Carolina and they beat the Panthers in one of your classic Thursday night football games. Sloppy, at times boring, at times unwatchable. Look, this is the 100th anniversary for the NFL. Last night's game set the sport back about 100 years. You had bad quarterback play, just not a very riveting product for the NFL for last night. And give Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers credit. They go in there. They get the win. Bruce Arians clearly is on the right path with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has led the NFL in turnovers the last four seasons. Most fumbles lost. Most interceptions. No turnovers last night. So that's a positive sign for the Buccaneers. But to me, the bigger story last night was the Carolina Panthers and more specifically, Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton does not look like Cam Newton. Take a listen at Cam Newton's reaction to the Panthers' 20-14 loss at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Play the clip. Um, offensively, and I think the, you know, through my lens, you know, it's hard to look defensive guys in their eyes after a game like this, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, offensively, we don't hold up our end of the bargain. Um, but needless to say, um, I mean, that's the obvious. You know, it wasn't, you know, we didn't, like I say, we, we just didn't uphold our end, and, 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 and we're past due. You feel like um, special teams had a, had a good return uh, defensively, was stout all game. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all fingers are just pointing back to me specifically in offense. And so to take away from that press conference, it's clear Cam Newton is not right. And Cam Newton understands that. And one thing you have to say about Cam Newton is he's owning up to it. He's owning up to the fact that he's not playing like 2015 MVP Cam Newton, but he's not making any excuses. He's not making excuses for that ankle that he injured in the preseason, and he's not making any excuses with that shoulder injury that is clearly continuing to hamper his abilities because this does not look like the Cam Newton that won a Heisman Trophy at Auburn, the Cam Newton that currently sits at eighth and current rushing leaders in the NFL. So for active leaders for the NFL, Cam Newton as a quarterback is number eight with 4,806 yards And it was evidence last night. Fourth in inches. Look, you got the analytics world. You got the old school football world, right? There's one thing they both agree on, and that is in fourth in inches, the best play is a quarterback sneak. And you got big Cam Newton sitting at 6'5 and a half, 
245 pounds, and you do some jet sweep reverse with Christian McCaffrey, who was not even close. And that last play call, where they should have easily stole that win despite playing horribly all night long. 0-3 in the red zone. 24 of 50 for 324 yards. That's less than 50% of your passes. If you can't complete half your passes, that's a disaster in the NFL. You're not going to win very many games when that's the result. 69.1 passer rating. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in four games, has Cam Newton. Also, he's lost his last eight starts. The Panthers as a team have lost nine of their last 10 games and zero touchdowns for the second consecutive games. Cam Newton looks like a shell of himself. My dad calls him Scam Newton, and I'm not going to go that far because I truly believe that he is limited based on his shoulder, based on his ankle, but they have to consider, the Carolina Panthers have to consider sitting out Cam Newton until he can get healthy again, until he can get that ankle right, until he can get that shoulder figured out because – it's going to get even worse for Cam Newton because if you are not doing a QB sneak with a 6'5", 245-pound rushing quarterback that has almost 5,000 career running yards, that tells you that you know he's not right and that you're throwing him out there anyway because Cam Newton, to me, right now, he's playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and it looks like it's going to be a very long season for the Carolina Panthers. Now give Todd Bowles and that Buccaneers defense credit. They played a great game. They had a great game plan on Cam Newton, and they understand you got to get to Cam Newton. You got to get him. You got to rock him, and they were doing just that. They made Shaq Barrett look like Lawrence Taylor last night. Three sacks for that Buccaneers defense. Also, third down. So nine missed third downs on seven incompletions. Didn't have very much time to throw. But another thing I want to say too is, yes, it appears that Norv Turner and Ron Rivera and the Panthers don't trust Cam Newton. But how about Cam Newton trusting Cam Newton? I want to see Cam Newton. You have enough clout in this league on fourth and inches. You check down. I don't want to see a Philly special with Christian McCaffrey in that situation. I want Cam Newton to veto that. I want him to say, hey, this is my team. This is my league. I'm back. And then you just take that that QB sneak and you go and you win the football game. Instead, they run a really strange reverse. And one thing I was thinking too, if you noticed, the Buccaneers got flagged for trying to call two consecutive timeouts. It should have been a fourth and a yard and a half or close to a yard and or two yards and they tried to call two timeouts so they brought that into fourth and inches. I'm pretty sure the Panthers used the same play they were going to use on that fourth and two because in that situation I like that Philly special especially with Christian McCaffrey. It's clear they did not Go to a different play, and you saw the lasso. And a couple final points on the Carolina Panthers. If they do not get Cam Newton right, he should not be playing in the game. They should sit him until he's right. And if you're not playing to his strengths, then what's the point of having Cam Newton? Look, we know what he does best. That's going deep. That's running the football. Having Cam Newton and not running with him, that's like having Michael Jackson and having him not moonwalk. You got to let him do it on the ground with his legs or he's not the dynamic quarterback that's going to help you win tons of football games like he did in 2015. And next, I want to talk about the New York Jets, who just announced that Sam Darnold is out indefinitely with mono. And 14 has mono and will be out for this game. 
So Sam Darnold, one of the more bizarre stories in recent months, is out with Mono, and now the Jets can kiss their season goodbye. Yes, Mono. Yes, the disease that your parents warned you about in high school when you went to a party or the senior prom or something like that, and it's Sam Darnold who has it. So I don't know if he was playing spin the bottle and got matched up with Colin Cowherd or something like that. We know how much of a fan he is of Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold is going to be out for at least a month. And then Le'Veon Bell, they signed Le'Veon Bell, and he's in an MRI machine as we speak. So this feels like the most Jets thing ever. You got Gase. You got Sam Darnold in year two. You got Le'Veon Bell, one of the best running backs in the league. And by week two, everyone's saying your season is over. Now, Jets fans, I know you want to declare that your season's over. You want to press that panic button, but come fly with me for a second right here. Because look, wait, if he comes back in a month, you got Giants, Dolphins, Jaguars, Raiders, and Bengals. So if he comes back, they can have a little late run. It's not completely over, but... Let's be honest, this feels like the most Jets thing in the history of the Jets. I'm starting to truly believe that when Joe Namath won Super Bowl three, he got that guarantee. I think he sold his soul to the devil for the Jets to win that series because, look, ever since then, it's been nothing but heartbreaks and headaches for these Jets fans. But, and also, too, hey, Joe Namath, we saw he'd kiss anyone. He didn't get modeled. He kissed Susie Colbert. Nothing happened to him. But, hey, the Jets, I don't think it's completely over. It's still only week two, but they have to get him back as soon as possible. Jets, I'm actually pulling for you. Rough story for the New York Jets. And now for my week two picks for the NFL, I'm starting with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings, they head up to Green Bay in a showdown with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Couple things to look for. First, will Green Bay establish the run? So Green Bay and their week one matchup with the Bears, they averaged 2.1 yards per carry. So they're needing to do a better job on the ground. Look for guys like Jamal Williams, Dexter Williams. Look for Aaron Jones to get a steady diet because they need to start establishing that run to get this Packers run game going. Look for Matt LaFleur and the offense to take another step with Aaron Rodgers in his second regular season game with Matt LaFleur. Another thing to look at, can the Packers protect Aaron Rodgers? The, the Minnesota Vikings, they've averaged four sacks a game against the Packers since 2015. They know how to get to Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking the Packers in that one. I'm going 25-21 Packers against the Vikings. And for the second game, the Tennessee Titans, they host the Colts. Tennessee, a three-point favorite in that one. To me, the question here, how will Jacoby Brissett do going on the road and going against this Tennessee team that had a nice week one win against the Browns. Couple of position battles to look for. How will those Tennessee rookies, A.J. Brown, Rocky Asin, the rookies balled out in week one for Marcus Mariota, how will they fare against those physical corners of the Indianapolis Colts? They got Adam Humphreys, Kenny Moore the second. How will they do in that position battle? Something to know is that the Colts have won eight of their past ten road games against the Titans dating back to 2009, averaging 27.1 points in those games. And me, I'm taking, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans in this one. I like what I saw out of Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. That offense is scoring points. So give me Tennessee and that one. Let's do it about 
29 to 24 in that one. I think the Colts will put up some points. Next, we're headed to Detroit, where the Lions, they host the Chargers. Chargers 1-0. Lions, of course, 0-0-1. Tied their week one matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers a two-and-a-half point favorite in this one. And what to look for after 154 all-purpose yards in week one, look for Austin Eckler. He, that Detroit front is a much better front than he faced in week one. How will he do? How will this Chargers team do without Melvin Gordon III? And then also, how will Phillip Rivers play? Rivers posted a total QBR of 80 on the road last season. So that's the second best number in the NFL. So he's, a great, he's great on the road. And this one... Detroit lost a, a tough one at home. You would hate to see him go 0-1-1. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I know how well Phillip Rivers plays on the road. I know that Austin Eckler, he had a nice week one. But give me the Detroit Lions at home. I'm going with Detroit. And next, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. So the Seahawks, they go to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, a four-point favorite. And they're 11-2 in the last 13 games at home when they're a favorite. But they had a really ugly week one. They got curb stomped by the Patriots. They got beat 30-3. And the thing to look for in this one is Ben Roethlisberger. Will he find other receivers other than Juju Smith? And week one, he was 6-8 of eight for 75 yards and a 95 QBR when he targeted Juju Smith. But when he looked at his other options, he completed just 54% of his passes, and that QBR was down to 12. So can he find other guys? Another thing, can they get first downs on third down? Really rough time on third downs. There were 25% conversion rate against the Patriots in week one. So they got to find a way to get those third, and also over three on third and one in week one. So in this one, I think... You look at the Steelers, they can come, they can get it done. But I like. I think there's a big year for Seattle. I think Seattle, you know, with all their travel, they like to get these road wins early. I got the Seahawks winning this one. Give me the Seahawks 24-20. to I think 24-20, Seahawks winning over the Steelers. Then Jacksonville at Texans. Look, they're bringing in Gardner Minshew. We know Nick Foles went out in week one. The Texans. They had a heartbreaking loss against the Saints on Monday Night Football. I'm going to go with the Texans at home. I think Texans at home. But look, watch out for Gardner Minshew. One thing I want to say is Nick Foles, they're going to hurt for a minute. But Gardner Minshew could be the next Patrick Mahomes. Comes out of Washington State. This guy can sling it. 88% completion percentage in his NFL debut. So 88% completion percentage. When, he, when Nick Foles went down, he came in there, looked the part. I'm going with the Texans at home. Give me some like 27-13 Houston in that one. Then Cardinals at Ravens. I told you last week how much I love, how much I love the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a bona fide star, a legitimate MVP candidate. And then the Cardinals, they're that other team that's 0-0-1 after tying the Lions. The Baltimore, that's a big spread. 13-point spread, 13-point favorites against the Cardinals. I got the Ravens. That offense is just so explosive. And, yes, Kyler Murray did look good in that fourth quarter in overtime. That first three quarters, that was a disaster. I think Kyler Murray will have a good game. I think he'll put up something like 250 to 280 yards. But at the end of the day, I'm going Lamar, at, well, Lamar Jackson. 
He's 7-1 as a starting quarterback. Only 12 QBs in the Super Bowl era have started their careers 8-1. So Lamar Jackson, he's a winner. He won the Heisman. I think he legitimately can make a run at that MVP. So give me, a, I like a lot of points in this one. Give me the Ravens. Some of like, I think Ravens are going for, uh, putting a 40-piece on them again. I like the Ravens. 42, let's do 42-31. I think Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, they find something offensively, but at the uh, ultimately, that Ravens offense too potent. And then Cowboys-Redskins. So one thing about this game, Adrian Peterson, I think he goes over 100 yards and he'll score a touchdown. That'll break a tie that he has with Jim Brown for 106 touchdowns. Now the Cowboys allowed only three 100-yard rushers last season, but Peterson had 24 carries for 99 yards last year against the Cowboys. Amari Cooper, 180 yards against the Cowboys last year. Give me the Cowboys. Dak Prescott still playing for that big contract. The Cowboys are deep. One thing to know, Dak Prescott, he set a career high on play actions last week, going 14 of 15 for 207 yards for three touchdowns. So that play action for the Cowboys has been money, and it will be once again as I got the Cowboys winning that one. Give me the boys 31-23 over the Redskins. Patriots, Dolphins, Patriots. 49ers at Bengals. So this one, 49ers, they get a nice road win in week one. You saw they went into Tampa Bay and they beat Jameis Winston. Cincinnati at two-point favorites. And I think it's going to be a really good test. The 49ers is going to be a great test for this Bengals offense with Zach Taylor, the rookie coach out of Cincinnati. And you saw, look, last week they lost to Seattle, but they racked up 418 yards. I think the, the Niners, they'll get after them that that defense looks great. I think they'll get to, to get to Dalton. They'll create some turnovers. I like the San Francisco 49ers in that one. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Give me Jimmy Jesus and the Niners about, let's do 28-28-25. 28-25 in that one. Bills at Giants. I think the New York Giants, they are underdogs at home against the Bills. I think the Giants, Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning at home, you got to like their chances. I'm going with the Giants in that one. Give me the G-men. Now the Chiefs at the Raiders. You would think this would be a blowout. Kansas City, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Raiders. But the Raiders, they showed signs of life. Derek Carr was on the money. His completion percentage was through the roof. But ultimately... It's, it's a tough game, and you got the Kansas City Chiefs in that one. But my bold prediction, look, last year the Chiefs, they had 35 points in the fourth quarter last week against Jacksonville, and they have so many weapons, so many weapons. They brought back, they got LaShawn McCoy, McCole Hardman, but Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I think that will be the difference in the Raiders beating the Chiefs. Josh Jacobs, 113 yards and two touchdowns. So... I really like that. I really like the Raiders in that one. Give me the Raiders. That's my upset pick of the week. I'm going Raiders. Raiders 34, Chiefs 27. I like the Raiders in that one. Saints at Rams. Of course, we know this is the rematch of last year. The Saints, the P.I. call. The reason why we have replay on P.I. is because of that Saints call. The Rams, they look good. Cooper Cup is back. Todd Gurley is still a little bit of a mystery, but... I like, give me the Rams at home. Rams two and a half point favorite. And week one, if you look at it too, the, the pressure that the Saints got on Deshaun Watson, they pressured him 44% of his dropback. So if they can get to Jared Goff, who only gets pressured 
on 33% of his dropbacks. That can be a difference maker. But I like, give me the, the Rams at home. Todd Gurley, his streak of 33 straight games with the red zone carry was snapped. But you got Malcolm Brown in there. They're trying to form a two-headed monster. Cooper comes back. I like, this, I like the Rams in that one. And then we got the Eagles against the Falcons. A Sunday night game. Philadelphia, a two-point favorite in that one. And, of course, to me, it's how will Matt Ryan fare? Matt Ryan and the Falcons, two for their last nine in the red zone in the last three games against the Eagles, all losses. And then Matt Ryan went four of 17 for 19 yards with one touchdown and one interception in the red zone during those games. He was also sacked twice. So this Eagles defense, they know how to get after Matt Ryan. And I think that Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson, I think they're going to put up points in Mercedes Stadium. They look like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The Eagles are a Super Bowl contender. I'm confident in that after week one. And against the Eagles since 2016, Ryan's had a total QBR of 30. He's averaged 243 pass yards and completed just 55% of his passes. So he struggles against the Eagles. It's at home. And I just feel at some point, Matt Ryan and these Falcons have to break through against the Eagles. And I think it's going to be Sunday night. I think the Eagles, they drop one on the road to the Falcons. I think the Falcons win 34-24 to 24 in that one. And then the Monday night game, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think the Browns, after that week one debacle where they just got curb stomped by the Titans, I think they go into the Jets without uh, Sam Darnold. I hope Sam Darnold is not in attendance because it is very contagious. Mono is. Hopefully he's not doing any kissing boots in the, on the sidelines or any of that stuff. And I think Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., they go in there and they make a statement. Now, in their week one loss to the Titans, the Browns had at least three wide receivers on the field for 60 of their 63 snaps. That's a 95% clip. And I think that offense, they spread it out. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and I think they make big plays all night. I think they win big against the Jets, something like 38 to 21 against the Jets. But that is going to do it for episode 43 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. And then also leave your comments below on YouTube. I want all your takes on all of today's topics. Give me your week two pick down in the comments. See you guys next week. Got a lot of big shows lined up. Don't forget to like on YouTube, share, all that cool stuff. Thanks again. Have a great weekend, and I'm out.